Welcome to the Social Work Social. My name is Melanie Matthews and I'm a registered social worker. Together, we're gonna to be exploring the world of mental health treatment by listening to stories and having conversations with a diverse group of social workers. And you're gonna to have to listen to me quite a bit too. Before we get started, there are two disclaimers about this podcast. The first one is, the information presented here should only be considered completely accurate for Ontario, Canada. There are different rules and regulations for mental health professionals, including social workers, in other parts of Canada and the rest of the world. So make sure you're doing your research to be sure that you know about the regulations specific to your area. The second disclaimer is that nothing presented here should be considered mental health treatment or medical advice. If you're interested in learning more or perhaps getting some of this treatment for yourself, make sure to consult an expert in your area. Your family doctor is usually a good place to start. Today we're going to talk about addictions. This episode will mostly focus on social work perspectives and treatments of addictions rather than personal stories or graphic details. However, there may still be some things discussed that will be upsetting for some people. This is a topic that's really close to my heart because I have family members who have struggled with alcohol use and I myself have been in recovery from an opioid addiction for about 10 years now. Let's start with the basics. What is an addiction? An addiction is a disease that is influenced by environmental, genetic, and psychosocial factors. It is not a moral failing and it is not something to be ashamed of. The use of the word disease is definitely an upgrade from when we thought of addictions as being the fault of the person, but it's still a bit problematic. I'll explain more about that in a few minutes. When most people think of addictions, they're thinking of substances like drugs or alcohol. It's important to acknowledge that there are other types of addictions like sex or gambling or shopping. However, we'll be discussing one of the lesser known addictions in our next episode, which features an interview with another social worker. So for this episode, we'll be focusing exclusively on substances. Addictions or substance use disorders as they're referred to in the DSM-5, which we talked about in our last episode, have 11 criteria for diagnosis. The severity of the disorder is determined by the number of criteria that the person meets. Those criteria include taking the substance in larger amounts or for longer than you meant to, wanting to cut down or stop using the substance but not being able to, spending a lot of time getting, using, or recovering from the substance, having cravings or urges to use, not managing to do what you should at work, home, or school because of the substance, continuing to use even when it causes problems in relationships, giving up important social, occupational, or recreational activities because of the substance, using the substance again and again, even when it puts you in danger, continuing to use even when you know you have a physical or psychological problem that could be caused or made worse by the substance, needing to use more of the substance to get the effect that you want or having a tolerance to the substance, and the development of withdrawal symptoms. These criteria may be surprising for some people because they often think of addiction as exclusively a chemical dependency, which is not required for a person to be experiencing an addiction. A person can have an addiction without ever being dependent on a substance. And so what does this all have to do with mental health? 
From my perspective, the connection with mental health is what makes the idea of addictions as a disease problematic. For one, disease itself is stigmatized, and it also implies that a medical intervention is necessary for the person to begin recovering from the addiction. In my personal experience and the experience I have working with people experiencing addictions, I find that people often use substances to cope with something in their life that they find intolerable. This may mean self-medicating with opioids to get a rush of dopamine to cope with depression, or using substances to suppress flashbacks of childhood abuse, or to try to distract themselves from harsh life circumstances like experiencing homelessness. I know I used opioids because I was in a lot of emotional pain and I was looking for a way to numb that pain. The fact that addictions are not simply a medical problem or a disease makes treatment for addictions less straightforward. In the past, most treatment programs for addictions were abstinence only, which meant that in order to receive support, the person must completely stop all substance abuse. Now, a harm reduction approach is becoming more popular, especially among social workers. A harm reduction approach is any intervention or policy that is aimed at reducing harm rather than exclusively trying to stop the person from using substances. An example of a harm reduction program is a needle exchange program. Needle exchanges are meant for people who inject substances to be able to bring used needles to the program for safe disposal and receive clean needles in return for free. It's considered harm reduction because it means there'll be less needles lying around on the ground, which might hurt someone, and it also reduces the spread of illnesses like hepatitis C and HIV through reusing and sharing needles among multiple people. However, this type of program can be considered a bit controversial. A common example that comes up when people argue against needle exchange programs is that people with diabetes have to pay for needles while people using substances get needles for free. My counter to that argument is that rather than having two marginalized groups fighting for resources, both groups should receive the needles for free. All people deserve to have the support and resources they need to achieve wellness. I'd like to just conclude by saying that addictions are very common, and you likely know someone who experiences or has experienced an addiction. The stigma of addictions is what makes it less likely for people in your life to talk about their addictions or ask for help. Next week, we'll be talking to Amber. She's a social worker who is currently working on an additional specialization as a certified sex addiction therapist. She's going to be giving us her perspective on sex addiction and the treatment for this particular type of addiction. By sharing information and stories, The Social Work Social hopes to inspire you to take action to reduce the stigma of mental health and help normalize seeking mental health treatment. Over the next week, consider what you can do to help. There are so many things you can do based on your strengths, skills, and comfort. Look up mental health initiatives in your area and see if there are any volunteer opportunities. Or maybe take a mental health first aid or suicide intervention course. Even just a kind social media post or an encouraging word to someone struggling with their mental health can make a huge difference to that person. Thank you for listening to The Social Work Social. Tune in again next Friday for another episode. Thank you to Taking It Global, the Government of Canada, and the Canada Service Corps for generously supporting this project. If you have a simple project idea to support your community, Taking It Global is looking to support youth who are inspired with ideas and ready to take action through their youth-led community service grants. Apply for a Rising Youth grant today at risingyouth.ca.